0: Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show.
1: Moving Iron in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving Iron time and time again You'll find us here, moving
0: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with uh, Blue Reef Agri Marketing and he is in uh, well just outside Peoria, Illinois, in Morton, Illinois. So Chip, how you doing, bud? Hey doing real well. How you doing, Casey? Not too bad, man. I've been watching this this market here. We had uh there's just We've talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. The, uh, the amount of volatility that we're seeing right now is unprecedented. Uh, we're seeing stuff bounce all over the place and huge, not just not just huge weekly swings, but huge interday swings. Um, yeah. I think Friday, everything kind of finished up. Uh, had a report come out on Friday, right? Or Thursday? Was that of last week? Was that right? Uh,
2: that was, a, that was uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago, okay. we had the, the July crop report. Yeah. Um, 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 the big one's going to be upcoming, though. That's we're you know talking about choppiness. Um, yeah. August twelfth is the is the next big report, and it's uh, the August report's always important, but this one's going to be even more important because they're going to do an acreage survey. Yep. And this one, instead of surveying farmers, they're actually going out um, and checking one square mile um, plots, so to speak counting you know how many corn acres, bean acres, other acres, uh, pre plant acres. They're going to use satellite imagery uh, as part of this resurvey. They're going to use initial preliminary RMA prevent plant data. And so this thing is going to be uh, the potential for a wild one because I've never seen in my life. and it's just because of how late we planted this crop and the, the, the specifics around the, the June acreage report, um, I've never seen such a difference of opinions in my life. You, you, it's right. really, it's kind of like Democrats and Republicans right now. You, you got the Bears thinking uh, demand sucks, and we were gonna intend on planting ninety-seven, ninety-eight million acres, and that June report had the prevent plan in it, and the numbers ninety-one point seven, and we're gonna go on down the road, and crops great, and we're gonna have a two billion bushel carryout, and then you have the other side thinking. No, there were no prevent plant acres in there. We were going to plant ninety one point seven, and you're going to take six to eight million off of that. And on top of that, the crop stinks, and we're going to six dollars. So, you know, somebody's going to be end up being disappointed in this thing, mm-hmm. and it's just going to produce even more volatility than what we've seen. So, yeah. uh, about three weeks away uh, is going to be, um, you know, D Day here for the August crop report, and that could really be a wild one. what
0: what i've noticed here the last two weeks anyway is that you'll have two or three days up to maybe four days of of downward trends and then you'll have like friday for example where you know corn was up huge beans were up 20 some cents i mean it just everything took off like wildfire and then it just kind of slowly chops it back down to about 429 430 and then it takes back off again and then it comes back down to about that So is there is there some technical limits in there? Is that is that what you're seeing, or what what's driving that consistent back? I mean that consistent point back down is always within two or three cents. It seems like of that of that four thirty range. Is that what's what's driving that?
2: Well, four thirty is kind of a battleground here. So you've got a lot of stuff going on there. You had um, kind of some old lows down there a couple weeks back. Um, uh, You know, four thirty ish. You've got the fifty day moving average in corn. At 4:30, uh, we poked beneath that yesterday. Funds have a big long position, so you know the 50-day moving average kind of is the um, stop-go line in a lot of cases. So you close below there opens the door up for some liquidation. But um, last night, yesterday afternoon's crop condition report, the market was expecting you know steady to maybe a touch better. Actually, went down one percent in corn and good to excellent. So. Had a little bounce in the overnight, so right now you you do have kind of a a battle going on just roughly around this four thirty area in December corn. That rally Friday in the beans, everyone uh, was scratching their heads a little bit, wondering what's going on here. Was that I mean, there wasn't a lot of news that would make you think beans are going to be up twenty cents. There was a little bit of optimism that uh, maybe we're going to restart some talks with China. There was some talk over the weekend that they're making up a list and checking it twice for this big laundry list of, uh, you know, commodities they're going to buy. The market is hopeful uh, about that, but they've been burnt so many times on that right. news. It seems like that's a negotiating ploy for China, right? They're like, okay, they hang this. Here's our list, boys. Yeah. Boy, you, you better come to the table because we got this mile-long list of all this stuff we're going to buy. And the market gets all excited, and then, you know, 10 days later, it's like, you know, where'd China go? Where's Mm -hmm. all the ships sending all these massive amounts of commodities to China? Oh, they didn't buy any. So some of that talk was was in there late Friday, and then over the weekend. um, Weather is part of this as well, right? We had that big kind of heat wave move through. It ended up not lasting as long as what was feared. No, here locally, we had maybe three days of it, and it was brutally hot. Mm-hmm. But in the forecast prior to that, they were talking six or seven days of you know, 95 to 98 degree heat and no rain. We only ended up with three days of it, had a small dose of rain, more rain around than what was forecasted. And now it's like yesterday afternoon and, and evening, I mean, it was almost chilly here. So we yep. cooled way down, um, and, and that heat left, and so some of that. I mean, it's perfect for the crops, you know. I mean, I think our high yesterday was 80, 81 degrees. Yeah. Nice breeze, um, no humidity. Pretty nice out. Um, so all that's thrown into the into the pot here, and um, it just creates all these big intraday swings that that you're seeing. You know, when when the market breaks, the the camp that says no, we're gonna, you know, we're still gonna drop six to eight million acres out of this thing. They're they're buyers. When the market rallies. You've got the camp thinking, oh, we've got ample ending stocks and we've got this great crop growing in the field. We better sell this thing. So it just, it really is creating some big swings in here. And beans, just a lot of, lot of short beans. I know there's no 100% correlation between, you know, size of the, of the bean plant, the, the, uh, how tall that plant is uh, versus what they're going to yield. But they have a tremendous uh, uh, amount to go here. And we're running out of daylight, you know, kind of no pun intended. I mean, that's what it is going to come down to in beans. And there's just a lot of small beans out there, and they're not growing very fast. And um, just kind of scratch your head on how good these things are going to yield in the end result.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, the USDA. And and those reports are come out with, and then there's some internal rumblings of they're their counting somewhere between eight to seven to eight million acres of prevent plant was done. You you kind of hear that get tossed around on social media and other places. Um, I mean, they got some of their own turmoil themselves with moving their office to Kansas City, and half the people are going to quit, and you know, all this they don't even have an office yet, and everyone has to be there by September, and they don't have it. You know, there's all kinds of crap going on there that kind of makes you wonder. At this pivotal time, when you start looking at what's going on with the crop, what's happened with the market, and, and the one institution out there that's kind of the that controls everything that happens, basically with the reporting of what's going on. I mean, obviously, analysts have. You know, there's a million different folks that go out there and do crop tours and do different kinds of reports and so on and so forth, and they report all the stuff back. But at the end of the day, the USDA reports are the ones that drive all of the markets, whether it's you know all the commodity markets and. They, they have a lot of stuff to kind of get to get their house in order here it sounds like so um i guess as you take a look at this at this august report i mean are you expecting that seven to eight million acre thing to be uh, a, a legit thing or, or i mean i guess it's just one of those things you don't know what you got to get their type of deals
2: yeah that's a tough question i, I do think seven to eight million acres is very legit as I um, drive across uh, Illinois. I haven't been really out of Illinois, so to speak, during the growing season here or since corn's kind of got up and growing or or the end of planting. Uh, But I have driven pretty extensively in Illinois. And I just, my estimate is that there's at least a million acres of prevent plant just in Illinois. Uh, I mean, the north of Interstate 80 in Illinois is a disaster zone. And I don't know if people, um, I was shocked when I drove up there. So I think on the one hand, you have people that are sitting in an office saying, oh yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad. There was a little bit of preventant plant. When you drive out in the country in those areas that uh, it was the wet, I mean, it is mind boggling. Um, and I'm talking, you know, these are flat black, um, good soil, 250 bushel type corn ground. And it is just every other field you drive past uh, has weeds, you know, five feet tall in it. Yeah. And um, so I'm a believer that we do have a massive amount of prevent plant acres. I think the question that you're answering, though, is what is going to drive so much volatility in this August report. There's just no way of knowing. There's just absolutely no way of knowing because they extended the date. Um, you know, again, I'm going to get my soapbox here because it's the thing that frustrates me the most uh, about this acreage reporting thing. I understand the June report. They have a process they go through. And they have a survey and they do the same survey every year. That's what you want, right? The same process, time frame, and questions on the survey. Well, it just so happened this year, you know, latest planted crop in in history. And and the survey was useless because we hadn't planted millions upon millions of acres of, of corn and or beans yet. So they went ahead with the survey which makes sense, but it caused more questions than it answered. And and now, you, you know, they give farmers till the 15th of July to certify acres and turn in prevent plant. They extended it this year in some states to the 22nd, so the, uh, yesterday. And, and it's frustrating because you would think, okay, give those county FSA offices a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever they need to crunch all the data and push a button and boom, there's you're going to have your prevent plant number to the 10th of an acre but in the past they have not ever really reconciled that prevent plant number with uh from the the rma part of the usda with the nas part of the usda that does the crop reports will they this year or not i don't know and it's kind of interesting i did see some um a news story out over the weekend that now you have some legislators in this right so you're getting enough. Um, Public outcry about the the acreage reporting system from the USDA, but you actually have at least in Illinois um, some you know some representatives that are saying, "Hey, we this is harming farmers, right? This is this is not allowing for the free market to do what it needs to do because we don't have the information, and not only do we not have the information, the process isn't even right, and it it conflicts." with what the market needs. And so my hope is that there's enough technology out there now in the reporting process that they are going to have, at least they won't have all the data, but they'll at least have an initial uh, feel, I think, from the RMA, along with satellite imagery and actual visual um, you know, spot checks, that they will pick this up. So I would expect, personally, that you're going to see a pretty significant drop in acreage um, on this report in, in corn and, and possibly even beans. But you just don't know. And that's the wild card that makes this August crop report going to be so, 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 um, you know, such a wild card and a potential for just massive volatility. You could, if they come out at 91.7, then you have to logically say, well, okay, that was right. We're, we were going to plant this massive amount of corn acres you you take a number off of that and and 91.7 is it. And we'll probably limit down. If they cut five, six million acres out of corn, I don't think the market's ready for that. you probably limit up. So anywhere in between is a possibility come uh, come August 12th. And between now and then, we've got about three, three and a half weeks. You know, weather, China news, crop conditions every Monday afternoon, that's going to fly this thing back and forth too. So uh, it's really a a a tough road to navigate out there and and really psychologically hard with all these swings, especially if you're in an area that just been these guys, it wasn't just like it started raining in, you know, May 20th and they couldn't plant. I mean, it's been a psychological battle since fall. These guys had horrendously wet fall, couldn't get the crop out the worst winter uh, in history, coldest, most amount of snow in many areas. And it just kept going these guys haven't had a break out in the field since September first, right. and and now you got the markets just you know going all over and all this uncertainty with um, acreage and, and yield and it's it's been a rough go of it if you're a farmer.
0: Yep. yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy crazy stuff. Plenty to plenty of stuff to pay attention to here coming up here in the next month of October, especially leading up to that report. There's going to be a lot of anticipation that's going to again cause just. Epic amount of uh a fluctuation and 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 just driving the market one way or the other throughout the day and you know we, we've i've seen it several times where <clears throat> it starts out seven or eight cents down and by the end of the day we're up 10 cents you know what i mean so you know you had an 18 cent yeah. swing in a day and that's not i'm not exaggerating that i mean that's that's you see these huge swings in the market um or they start up 10 cents and go the other way you know so it's just it's just a crazy uh it's a crazy thing we see happen in the markets right now
2: no doubt and it, and it does it's hard to get through but it, it does create opportunity um you know if if you have a plan and you can navigate that um and, and you're ready for it it, it it there's two ways to do it right you can say okay this market's going to swing we know there's going to be big swings we've been a high almost 470 um i think the low here has been recently uh 428 something like that so you're talking a, a 40, 42 cent swing. This is just in the last two weeks, uh, three weeks, right? So um, the market's going to move. It's going to allow you to maneuver in that movement. Um, if you have a plan, if you don't have a plan, you're going to want to stick your head in the sand, not worry about the markets and opportunity is going to pass you by. And you're going to become a victim of the volatility instead of, you you know, potentially using that volatility as a competitive advantage. So it's uh, it doesn't make it easier to get through. I'm not saying that it's uh, it's an easy road, but boy, um, it's definitely not time to just you know turn your DTN machine off and not worry about the markets. because uh, yeah, it's more it, important now than ever. It really matters. Dollar yeah. and cents are flying around uh, no matter what your yield is. Yeah. Uh, on a daily basis, it's a lot of volatility in your revenue. Yep. All right, let's talk about the protein markets real quick.
0: Uh, cattle again volatility has been there too. It's been all over the place. One yeah. week it's up, next week it's down and might stay down for two weeks and bounce back up. So talk about the cattle market right here and, and kind of the, what you see happening there and what's the driver in some of those markets.
2: Sorry, Casey, cut out on you there momentarily. Uh, cattle complex has been under some pressure here in the big picture over the last several months, uh, several meaning two or three months. We went uh, from the funds having uh, basically a record-long position. They took profits. It took them a while to get out of that position. Um, it looks like they're pretty well cleaned out of that position. And and now, um, you know, as part of that, the, the selling pressures ended, and the cash market started to bottom and, and, and rally, although last week it was down a, a dollar. So I think that uh, the, the cattle market looks okay that um, we were potentially putting the bottom in and can maybe rally a little bit. We had a cattle on feed report and the semi-annual inventory report out last Friday. Those were pretty benign, pretty um, uh, you know well-expected, nothing out of the ordinary there. And the cattle market was was able to rally a little bit uh, yesterday, led by the feeder cattle market. So feeder cattle market, I think, was maybe a little bit uh, scared of the inventory report and didn't have a lot of bearish news in there and was able to kind of rally because feeder cattle actually broke lower last week uh, in the face of corn selling off pretty sharply, and that's kind of a weird occurrence. Usually when, when corn drops, feeder cattle have a little bit of a, of a rally in them. So they've got some catching up to do a little bit. Um, nothing bearish in, in those reports. If we can trade steady to a little bit better in the cash market this week, I think the cattle market could maybe um, you know make an argument that over the next uh, six or eight weeks, you could rally a little bit. Uh, probably not dramatically, probably gonna rally $20, but you could uh, easily rally, uh, you know, six to ten dollars in cattle uh, very, very easily, especially if they keep a little pressure on the corn market here for a couple of weeks ahead of the uh, August crop report. Um, so I, I think good things are happening there. I think the worst of this downdraft is behind us in cattle, and I think it is in hogs too. Finally starting to see a little life in the cutout. Uh, and uh, you know cash market rallying a little bit uh, on the on the hog side of the equation we've seen the futures put a nice rally in off the lows uh, technically kind of got above some tr- some downtrend lines that uh, uh, you know from this big downtrend that we've been in so I think the uh, the, the livestock sector in general looks like maybe the worst is behind us um, doesn't mean we're just going to scream immediately higher into new highs but I think that uh, you could see some some better levels over the next several weeks in both the cattle uh, and hogs. And, you know, hogs are still in all-out China watch. You know, we know the the problems they're having with African swine fever. Um, every Thursday, the hog market is highly sensitive to the export sales report to see if China's in there for fresh purchases of U.S. pork. They've been absent for about three or four weeks, not four weeks probably. And every time they are absent... Thursday morning, hogs sell off. But the last couple of weeks, they found support and then rally again. So that's a good sign. They continue to take pork. We're shipping them pork. But they haven't had any new major uh, pork purchases in about four weeks, and there's still uh, you know a lot of indications that they um, need to refill their pipeline with uh, with pork. Uh, basically, record high pork prices uh, from all reports in China. So. Um, that's a good thing. We've got a lot of pork to send them. We're, uh, that's part of the problem that we've had is that, you know, it seems like continual expansion in, in uh, the pork industry the last few years. So we're putting a lot of poundage out there, um, but exports have been good. We had a really good export sales week last week um, in, uh, in on the pork side with China being absent. So um, that's, that's good news. You throw China into that mix, uh, going forward and um that's a good combination so yeah <clears throat> yeah it's the uh the you, you know they
0: have an issue because you know obviously with all the stuff that we have going on with uh the tariffs and what have you they there are certain segments of their market where they're they're allowing a uh a tax credit or whatever, tariff credit or whatever he is, uh, to be waived on that, and, and pork is one of those things, so they're, they're waving that, that 20 or 25 percent tariff on on U.S. pork um, it, when they get it, so that just tells me that when they get, they use up all of South America's supply of, of pigs, they're going to be hollering at us and getting beans and corn and everything else, they've, I think somewhere I read that, I think it might have been actually Sean Hackett told me this, but something like, uh Brazilian exports to China are up six, per, six fold from what they were this time last year, or something like that. So they're just yeah. they're just taking it as fast as they can get it, and, and
2: sooner or later they're going to run out, and they're going to have to come get it from us. Well, and then the next thing you see, which is you know arguably they've been doing this and uh, for U.S. beef uh, for a long time, is uh, you'll start seeing other countries, Taiwan, Korea, right? You know, all of a sudden they'll have four hundred percent of normal per capita pork consumption mm-hmm. you know it's just the ship lands uh, in one of those countries for 10 minutes and then makes its way on to, to china but it the yep. official destination isn't china so yep. uh they've they've been playing those games for a long time on uh, for for u.s beef and you know this tariff situation itself is already in a lot of ways right i mean i've uh, i've read the, the free see you get me on my soapbox again the free market will figure it out, right? right. When you start yeah. messing with the market, I don't care what it is, subsidies, taxes, tariffs, you name it, the market will figure it out, right? So right. you're already seeing counterfeit tags that say, you know, made in Taiwan or made in, um, in Vietnam. And they're just slapping them onto Chinese products and they're ending and up here anyway. So. Right.
0: Yep. Well, plenty of stuff going on. Always good time to have a plan, especially what we see happening right now. I mean, there's just from now through the end of the year is going to be there's going to be lots of volatility, regardless of what happens, either up or down. And uh, having that plan in place is going to help you be profitable moving forward. So, Chip, if someone's got a plan they're working on, or, or they just need to get started on one, what's the
2: best way to do that? Twenty and the 2020 growing season is not that far away. No, 2020 definitely needs to be on the radar screen here. You know, roughly 420 uh, December 20. Uh, 20- corn futures and corn beans and wheat so yep. yeah the um uh, the, the plan is definitely critical right now with all this volatility the, the easiest way uh, just give us a call we'd love to chat with you uh, pretty low uh low pressure and, and no risk so uh, 309-550-7213 is our office number and we'd love to uh, chat with you about what your plan is and few ideas on how you might be able to improve what you're currently doing right on all right chip well take care
0: of yourself until uh next week we'll uh talk to you again later sounds good have a good rest of the week all right man thanks all right thanks for listening to this edition of the moving iron podcast now part of the global ag network if you'd like to continue any of these conversations you can hit me up on facebook twitter or instagram at moving iron llc you can also send me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.